0: Welcome back to the Air Power Hour. I'm the host, Tech Sergeant Check, and this week I sat down with Master Sergeant Zachariah Earl. Sergeant Earl is a flight chief here in the 347th Recruiting Squadron. Being a 14 year vet in the Air Force, Sergeant Earl provided some wonderful insight into how he has been so successful throughout his career. Starting from humble beginnings, Sergeant Earl shared his difficult story on what he had to do to join the Air Force. In the end, it all paid off for Sergeant Earl, and now, after over a decade and four deployments, he has the opportunity to share his wisdom and advice with recruiters and potential applicants. I greatly appreciated having Sergeant Earl on. He was such a natural behind the microphone, and it was truly an honor to hear his story. So, without further ado, Master Sergeant Zachariah Earl.
1: assignment.
0: All units proceed to your post assignment. Welcome to the Air Power Hour. All right, welcome back to the Air Power Hour. My name is Tech Sergeant Check. I'm the host. And today I am joined by a flight chief at the 347th Recruiting Squadron, Master Sergeant Zachariah Earl. Sergeant Earl, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. I know you had to take uh, quite the trip to get up here, uh,
1: but I'm I'm glad you made the trip. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was was fun. Lucky you didn't have to worry about snow yet. Yeah, I was driving up and I was like, where's the snow coming from? All I keep hearing on the radio is rain and rain and more snow and coming. Yeah. And I'm a Georgia boy. We don't do snow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. No snow for me. And how long have you been in this position as a flight chief? I've been in this position for about six months now. Six months, and where were you previously? Previously, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, so you probably didn't get a lot of snow there. Not even a little bit. One time it snowed, and we met me and my son, Jeremiah. We went and did a a snowball fight. He made a snow angel, and I went in immediately. Yeah, you're like, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) That's it. Once it gets below 65 degrees, I'm nervous. Oh, well, you're going to be nervous this winter then. Oh, I'm already. I'm about to hibernate.
0: Yeah, and I know that Illinois, especially your part of Illinois where you're at Bloomington, they got a lot of snow last year.
1: Yes, they did. When I came to come by my house I live in now, it was at least four inches of snow. Oh my gosh. So I was like, oh goodness, this is what I'm going to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you made the
0: trip and I'm really excited to sit down because I heard you talk at our annual training and I think you have a phenomenal story and I think it's a story that A lot of people would love to hear, especially prospective applicants, because they could be in the position you were in before you joined, and it could open their eyes to the possibility of making dreams come true, if that's something that they're dreaming of. So we're going to jump right into it. I'm, again, really pumped to hear your story and so happy to have you on. Um, Sergeant Earl, can you explain what made you decide to join the air force and how long ago was that? How long have
1: you been in? Good question. been in the air force just shy of 14 years, April 2023 will be in my 14 year mark. What made me join was my father. Yeah. Um, he did the army for 21 years, retired. My brother also did 21 years as well. And I said, you know what? If the military was good enough for them, Good enough for me. Yeah. So I went to the recruiting station for the army, and I came back home and I said, "Hey, Dad, you know this is my plan." He goes, "No offense to my army brother, and my nephew's currently in the army." He goes, "I need you to think with your brain, not with your back. You're a smart kid." Yeah. Uh. So I went to go see the Air Force recruiter, and two years later, after a heartache and pain, I was able to finally enlist.
0: Yeah, and I know that. You were telling us a story at the annual, and it was not an easy road to getting to the Air
1: Force. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, sir. You are correct. Um, I'm going to get choked up a little bit. No worries. So while in high school, really didn't see much of a recruiting presence, Um, although I did Army JRTC for four years. Mm -hmm. You know, that was never my plan. I figured, hey, I like money. I'm going to go to school for accounting at Savannah State University. That was my goal. Yeah. Um, However, in my 12th grade year, I just found out my girlfriend at the time, that's now my wife, my high school sweetheart, was pregnant. Wow. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was being told by several different people, you know, you have a responsibility, you're going to be probably another statistic, just a deadbeat father. Yeah. And I was just turned 17, I'm being told this by, older adults. So it kind of wow. puts you in a, in a, in a, in a predicament, right? kind of, yeah. what am I supposed to do here? Um, so I was like, okay, got to figure things out. Well, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, Angelica, she was able to go to a high school where there was a daycare there. Imagine oh, nice. that didn't know that I was a thing. Wow. You know, I'm in high school. All I care about his money and looking good for the ladies, you know? Yeah. And, she was able to go there, so I didn't have to drop out of high school, so we can continue our high school journeys. I was able to graduate. She came back to her regular high school, and I continued to go to college. Nice. So, Savannah State University, right? Went there, and I didn't know how to pick classes. I didn't know what financial aid was or anything. And I finally got my schedule of courses, and I'm like, this conflicts with my work schedule. Yeah, I this is not going to work. Diapers or school? I chose diapers. A I didn't want her not to be able to drop out of high school and I did not want to be that statistic. So kind of continued through Savannah state and I finished the semester. It was tough. Mm -hmm. And after that, I said, enough is enough. Something has to change. Yeah. That's when I went to go see the army recruiter. And that's when my dad told me that statement of think with your brain, not with your back. Yeah. So went to go see the air force recruiter. And immediately at that time in 2009, well, 2007, really, Single parents, it was a really tough task for them to join. Yes. Um, So at the time, I knew me and my girlfriend were going to get married. I just knew it in my heart. Mm -hmm. But at this time, I wanted to make sure we were set in a foundation before we build a relationship outside of our parents' home. Yeah, for sure. So I ended up giving custody of my daughter to my mother. However, I couldn't afford an attorney. Mm. So I ended up working a lot of odd-end jobs, cutting more grass, washing more cars, yeah, starving, uh, just wow. so I can pay for these attorneys. After a year and a half, it finally went through. I gave up temporary guardianship from my, from my daughter to my mother. So excited, finally went to the recruiting office, and I said, hey, sir, this is what I got. And he goes, not good enough. What? Yep, I was extremely upset. And I was like, tell me, man, what do I got to do? I don't care what job I get. I'm just, I'm just ready to go. Yeah. At this time, I was still living at my home. My parents, my wife now has graduated high school. And I was just tired of hearing certain things. You mm-hmm. know, oh, you're you're an adult now raising a child and you're not even living on your own. Yeah. You know, Oh, you can't even take care of your, you know, your baby's mother. You can't do none of this stuff. And I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. And I was just determined. Uh, So we moved out on an apartment October 2008. By this time, I'm still dealing with the recruiter. And uh, I already gave up custody. And I found out getting married, we removed that. And I can easily get into the Air Force that way. Mm-hmm. We moved out to our appointment, our apartment. We couldn't afford a, nothing. Yeah. Um, ooh, that was some tough times. But I said, I don't care. We're, we're going to make this work. Yeah. Went back to the recruiter with my marriage license. And he goes, bingo, this is it. We can make this work. Wow. Oh, mind you, I've already taken ASVAB before and I've already went and did the physical. Oh, so you're ready. I'm ready. So he calls in December and he says, Man, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Mm. And I said, Okay, what do you got for me? He says, uh, Good news, I can get you the basic training. Bad news is it's not until April. Ooh. I said, I don't care. Give it to me. Yeah. He says, Well, okay, I wasn't expecting that response. <laughs> I said, Well, I got two job offers for you. Security forces or material management. No joke. He goes, uh, I asked him what material management is. He says, you manage material. Huh. Nice. <laughs> nice, right? Yeah. And uh, I said, you know what material management it is? I don't want to be a cop. Yeah. Uh, just sort of simple fact, you know, I, didn't, I never fired a weapon before. Yeah. So I was like. For sure. Yeah. You know, like, it makes sense. I worked at Kmart. Yeah, for real. It just lined up. Uh, so I signed my contract. At that time, I was still starving, walking six miles to work just to eat, and make ends meet. And uh, the old ladies at Kmart were actually feeding me. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, so, so they brought you meals and everything. They did. That's amazing. Yep. And then we survived off of Little Caesars pizza. So I'm tired of Little Caesars pizza. I right bet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Five dollars can go a long way. Heck yeah, it can. And, yep. And it was actually right outside the apartment, so I didn't have to walk far to go get it. Yeah. So. I was, I sold one. sold my vehicle, You give us a couple extra dollars, um, continue to walk to work. I went to the recruiter like I was supposed to. And in April, I've never turned back. Yeah. And that was 14,
0: almost 14 years ago. Yes, sir. Wow. What a story of like resiliency, you know, like you just did not give up a lot of people, you know, they get disheartened when that, when they get that first initial, no, you know, Oh, you're, right now you're not qualified. And they'll be like, all right, well, I guess my dream is dead, but you did not give up. No, that is amazing, man. It really was. I, and I, I heard you tell that story before. And I was just like, wow, like that's real, that's real life. You know, the struggles that you had to do just to get in. And I'm sure that you reminded of those struggles on a daily basis. And you're probably so unbelievably thankful that that you put the work in to get where you are for your family. And now the air force is paying you back, uh, by, by providing the benefits and, and you know, the job security that you're
1: getting. So that's just a really cool story to hear, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as my time progressed in the air force, I didn't even know half the benefits existed. Oh yeah. You know, I remember mass Art Pamela King Hasbury, she's currently retired. Uh, she sat me down and said, no one really called me by my rank ever. Yeah. They just say, Earl. It just flows. Yeah. And they were like, You're a good airman, but you're making some terrible decisions that you need to turn around. You know, I was very sarcastic. You know, I was, again, it was always you had to be a part of a team, but I was like, I'm focused. I got a job to do. You yeah. Know? Um, she said, You got to change it up. So you were like, Go to school. I was like, How do I go to school in the Air Force? I'm confused. I'm I got a full time job. Yeah. And they were like, Go to the education office and they'll give you everything. So the next week I went to the education office and I was like, wait a minute, you pay for college. What? Okay, fine. Let's, let's, let's go for it. I want to go back into accounting. I like numbers. Yeah. Um, Ironically, I switched it to information technology. That's all right. And then I realized I didn't want to sit back and troubleshoot computer problems. Yeah. (laughs) And then it was funny. uh, She's currently retired. My super first supervisor. Best supervisor I ever had, Sergeant Leon. Uh, one day I got, a, I got my paycheck, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is more money than ever made in a whole month in yeah. the civilian sector. So I went crazy. I ended up going to go try to buy a car. And, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, the airman mistake we all have made almost. Yep. And Mama D at the bank, Southeastern Credit Union, she goes, not yet. You're not getting that car. You get something else, but not this brand new one. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, She was looking out for me. Yeah. Uh, so then a couple of weeks later, I get the same amount of money. I know, right? Yep. And I was like, okay, something's not right. I didn't even know that you got basic allowance for housing or a basic wow. allowance for substance. I didn't know any of that stuff. All I knew was it was good enough for my father. It was good enough for my brother. And it pays the bills. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. You're like, oh. <laughs> Gosh, this is and
0: it's good to have supervisors like that that will sit you down and say, hey, pump the brakes, you know, and, and, and you need to learn these benefits because I, I know that there are a lot of benefits that I had no idea that were even available to us until I either came across them or I came across a good supervisor who sat me down and said, what do you what are your plans? What are your goals? And
1: there are benefits that can help you get that. Exactly. And, you know, that's why I'm glad I had the upbringing in the Air Force. I did. You know, I was I had some some really tough love. Yeah, for sure. Um, But I also had that nurturing love as well, where you're able to grow as an airman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
0: now you had this amazing story of getting into the Air Force and and then you're in. Where does your story go from there?
1: So, like I said before, April 2009, I got to went to base military training. Afterwards, I went material management. Tech school was at San Antonio, Texas, Lackland Air Force Base. Got my orders to Moody Air Force Base, Georgia. Oh, nice. The, yep. I'm actually a fraternal twin. And one of the ordeals I wanted was to make sure I was there for my brother as much as possible. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to get close to home as, as I could. Ironically, I did get Moody Air Force Base in yeah. Georgia, which was two and a half hours. That's nice. Oh, it was very nice. Very nice. Um, so my first job was flight line service center and that was my first taste of the air force. Um, I remember when I got there, it was airman Barton, airman Bostick and airman Washington. And we joined, we just clicked together. Yeah. Like it was natural. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I feel like at home, you know, I can, I can rely on these guys yep. um, and you just do your job. Right. Um, a little bit fast forward, I found out my brother was murdered mm. while I in my first year at the Air Force, and it hit hard. Yeah. Luckily, I was able to go home immediately because I had leaders that looked out for me. Uh, so I went to his funeral and everything, and then I got back. It was, it was tough for about a few months. I can imagine. Um, but I had a, supervisors that were like, look, we got you. Mm-hmm. You know, We know this stuff takes time. You know, I didn't even know resources like the Airman Family Reddit Center didn't even exist. Yeah. You know, started going to places like that. And you realize like, wow, these folks really care about your lives. Well, I'm not used to this. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you get your mother and your father, you care for you. But, you know, you go to your high school and there's hundreds of kids. So, you know, you don't have that that one teacher, that one counselor that was when I was growing up, that constantly was just helping you out. You know, so mm-hmm. now I'm seeing a community of it. So while in the grieving process, I did find out I was getting my first task into deployment to IUD Qatar. Wow. And I was like, oh boy, I don't even know what that's like. What does it entail? What does this mean? And it was December 24th I arrived in country. Wow. The Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Yes, you are correct. Jeez. I remember when we met up at the squadron. And they were giving us our brief, and we were getting on a charter bus, and I'm watching my daughter, who's only two years old at the time, well, just turned three, and my wife, and I'm just crying because I was like, I don't know what to expect. You know, I went to basic training in Texas. You know, now I'm going to a foreign country. I've never traveled outside of America, you know. Um, So I was there for seven months. Wow. And I'm in... My son was born while I was there. Jeez. Yes. Um, I, oddly enough, I remember getting the the bill in the mail for his birth and I was like, Oh boy. Yeah. Who's paying for this? Yeah. Supervisor just said, looked at me and said, you must not have heard about track here. I'm no, like, Oh yeah. Like I look, I go to the doctor. I don't have to pay anything. they say that's, that's all I know. Yeah. You know, um, so I left that deployment. When I got home, I did a little surprise. I got to meet my son for the first time. He was two months old. Wow. Um, and it, it was it just click, clicked, We um, clicked My mother-in-law was in time helping, so she helped me plan a surprise. That's amazing. It was. And it, it's funny how it happened was when I showed up, I spent time with him for a couple of hours. My wife and my daughter were at a birthday party. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mother-in-law called in and was like, oh, my gosh, come home. You know, it's, a, it's an emergency, yada, yada, yada. And I watched them go through the door. I'm trying to hold back the tears. You know, seven months back then, we didn't have Facebook video and live yeah. like that. You had to pay for minutes on Skype. Yep. You know? So I was like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to it. This is it. I'm going to walk through the door. And there and behold, I, I just, I let it all go. Oh, I bet. I did. Yeah. Um, that raw emotion. Oh, it was straight raw. Nope. And it made me thankful Yeah. for a multitude of things. I realize life is what you make of it mm-hmm. and spend time with your family when you can, cause you never know when you don't have that opportunity again Yeah, from not being able to spend time with my, my brother ever again to not even seeing my daughter and my wife on an everyday basis. You yep. know, back to back, it was almost like I don't even know what to do next year.
0: Yeah. It, you, we take advantage of those things, those very simple things like seeing your wife and children or seeing your spouse and children every day on a daily basis. And then you have that taken from you, whether it's temporary or in your brother's case permanently. And you, we take advantage of those things. And that's why I love to practice gratitude on a daily basis. Every day in the morning when I wake up, I like to just take a couple minutes and think about the things that I'm grateful for. like this morning I wake up and I said, I'm grateful to have my wife by my side because my kids are going through all this sickness right now that's germs all over the place, you know, at school and yada, 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 and we're dealing with it. And my wife is there every day. And I'm just, I just have to remind myself every day. I'm grateful for that because when it's taken from you,
1: uh, that's when you really realize how important those things are. Absolutely. I was going through a resiliency training course about a couple years ago. And the instructor said, first thing that comes to mind, what are you grateful for in the last 24 hours? Don't even think, just say it. Yeah. And what's ironic is everybody hesitated. <laughs> and you're like, well, I don't know what I'm grateful for. you yeah. know. And he was like, there you go. The human emotion is to, is to focus more on negativity. Yep. You will remember every bad thing in the, in the last 24 hours that happened to you, but not now. One good thing will first come to mind. And yep. when he said that, I was, since then, I'm like, wait a minute. I can wake up. I have a roof over my head. I don't even have to worry where my next meal is coming from. Yeah. I know what that was like. And I don't have to experience that ever again. Mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly. I am grateful. What is wrong with me? You know, I was like, get out yeah. of your head. A, this negativity has to go. Yep. You know, so it it was, that was eye opening doing that yeah, training for sure. Yeah, I'm a master resiliency trainer, so I definitely see where you come
0: from, and I love that. I love that that idea of gratitude. It's, it's so clutch to have. Um, but anyways. So you, you're going through, you've had to go through deployments in material management, uh, and then you become a recruiter. How did that process happen?
1: Huh. So that's a good process there. So my first deployment was seven and a half months long. I get back um, and they say, hey, career progression, we got to move you from yeah. Flight Line Service Center. I said, hey, a job is a job. Let's get after it. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't go to combat. Orientated Supply Organization with the 41st Helicopter Re- Maintenance Unit for Combat Search and Rescue. Uh, one, besides recruiting, that was like my favorite mission. Yeah, I got to see some really cool things. I got to see some meet some really cool people. Um, and if I can go back, I would. Yeah, I would definitely go back. Um, that's when I deployed about three more times. Wow, uh, so w- four deployments total. Yes, sir. Wow. One. Um was definitely I thought was not going to happen. We were sitting there, Libya just happened and they said, Hey, we're going to short notice Tasker. You're leaving. Ooh. And I was like, Ha, you're not leaving. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. We're not going anywhere. Oh yeah, we left. Yeah. And I and I was like, Well, I was eating egg rolls with my family that night and I said, Hey, I have to go. You know. And and it hurt. Yeah. But I remember again, this is only temporary. This is not permanent. Yep. You know, I didn't you you know, they tell you this is a volunteer force. You really don't know what you sign up for. That's so why I'm grateful that now we're I'm able to have that opportunity to actually explain, hey, this is how the military works. Yeah. In regards to the Air Force. Um, so after all the deployments, I get back and I say, All right, I need to change the scenery. hmm You know, what can I do? You know, I'm now a staff sergeant in the Air Force. I said, what can I do now to broaden my horizons? So I talked with Massard Sergeant Pittman. He was our section chief in individual protective equipment. And he says, well, we can get you overseas. And I said, OK, what does that entail? You know, I passed through Germany a few times. I'm like, I yeah. want to be there. So he reached out to our functional manager. They state, hey, we can put him on the next cycle. He has enough time on station. So I update my dream sheet that everybody hears about. I put all Germany, extend it long. My family get to get a whole new experience, right? Yeah. Get an email that says from the commander that says, congratulations, you've been selected for development special duty. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's right. What was coming online? And they were like, oh, you're going to go do something like being a recruiter, tech school instructor, things of that nature. And I said, does it get me out of Moody Air Force Base? And they said, yes. I said, sign me up. Nice. So I get the list and it was only tech school instructor and recruiter. And you had to make three. And I was like, well, it looks like they already picked the two for me. Yeah. So I put uh, both of them down. About a couple months later, congratulations, you've been assigned to be a recruiter. Wow. And I was like, okay, this should be fun. should yeah. be easy, right? Yeah. I mean, if I was able to take care of this opportunity, why can't nobody else, right? Mm-hmm. So did the recruiting screening team, went to uh, Lackland Air Force Base for the schooling. And day three, I was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting. Yeah, And talk about gratitude. You see the, the spreadsheet of all the benefits the Air Force has to offer. And you're like, wow, just as simple as a base exchange I take for, take, take yeah. advantage of. Yep. And I was like, well, it's tax free. And you're like, they yeah. price match, you know? And they got Black Friday, and only people that can go on base is those who have access to the base. So you don't have to worry about fighting in the Walmart parking lot. You know, so you're yeah. like, wow, this, it, it, it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, so while in recruiting school, you know, i got to meet some really good people. And then I get stationed at Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Wow. Oh, yes. The Bayou. Oh, oh down by the Bayou. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gained like 40 pounds there. <laughs> I'm a big foodie. So I get there. I am process. I said, okay, this is going to be fun. I'm going to tackle this and I'm going a, I'm to a knock this recruiting out the, out the water. I'm going to go back to my career field. and I'm going to take it back. Yeah. By the way, at this time, I didn't know you can continue in recruiting. Yeah. Right. So they were like, hey, you're in charge of this government vehicle. You're in charge of this building. You got this many schools. This is your demographics. This is your area. And you're like, um. Whoa, whoa, take a yeah. time out. Let's take a chill pill here. Yep. Can we just figure out what we're supposed to do? I mean, I got a foundation, you know, but man, I feel like a brand new airman all over again. Yeah. You know, but again, the, the mentality I had was let's get it. You know, I'm just going to take my tools, what I got, and let's roll. There you go. So got my training. And then I quickly realized the opportunities that are missed throughout this world hmm. There were high schools I used to go to and it was disheartening to hear young adults say it doesn't matter what I'm going to do after high school because I will either be in debt or jail by then. Yeah. It was disheartening to hear why should a black man join the military because there's no space for him. And I'm like, this is 2015, people. Yeah. I'm standing right in front of you. Yeah. You know, and I've made it. I've heard my own family members say the same thing. And look where I'm at. Yeah. One of the kids at one of the schools called me a sellout because I worked for the government. Wow. And I'm like, we are so far fetched. You don't understand. There's way more to it. Mm -hmm. So you're like, my job isn't really to convince people I need to educate these young adults. Yes. And I was like, let me let me learn you something here. Let me show you like there's really a different world out here. For real. It's Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Livonia, West Feliciana High School. I mean, I've been in all those areas. Yeah. And the quick, the more I've educated them, the more I learned about myself, the more benefits I learned that you can get as a veteran, you know, cause you have veterans within your community and the more people I was able to help. And Man. it was deeply humbling to yeah. hear, you know, one of my applicants, she had to take the ASBAF five times. Wow. She's still in the air force today. That's amazing. I met with uh, one of the applicants I put in. I remember when I first met him and he's now a staff sergeant. Yeah, uh, Wheeler. He goes, "I'm gonna be the president one day." And I said, "Well, remember me, man. I'll be your unsung hero. Yeah, right. When it's gonna tell you you're messing up, I'm gonna just hit you upside your head, and I'm not gonna call you sir. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, isn't it awesome? How I, I that was one of the
0: the best things about being a recruiter is finding those individuals who are just in a bad type of way. You know, they're they're not. The future doesn't look bright." And you get to provide them an opportunity to be successful and break that that trend. You know, buck that trend of of where they're going in life or where you know possibly people that they grew up with in life, and and then to have them come back and to see them, it is so unbelievably fulfilling to be like, I had a hand in that. Absolutely, like I, that. I did. I didn't know you before I met you and I had a hand in creating this airman and it is so awesome. I've had, I have so many great stories about the people that I've put in that I still, to this day, I just had a, one of my guys, Jalen DeGraffreed, He, he's a staff sergeant. Now he just emailed me. He's at the Pentagon. He's working nice. at the Pentagon. I'm like, dude, you're a guy from Elkhart, Indiana. And now you're in Washington DC at the Pentagon. How unbelievable is that? It's just a, it's just a great feeling, man.
1: I remember the day I was at a career fair and I get a phone call from Elquan Harris's mother. And I hope he doesn't mind me using his name. Um, and I remember meeting a young man, you know, very quiet, humble. And the mom calls and says, sorry, Nora, I just want to let you know, as a single parent. That I knew I did my job right, watching my young man go across that stage yes. and become an airman the United States Air Force. I broke down immediately. Oh, oh, for sure. I had to go in the corner in the career fair. Oh, you yeah. know, I had to look tough. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, you got a career. I got to. I said, man, you're going to make me cry even harder. I said, I'm going to call you back after I finish this because then I'm not going to be able to hold it together. Yeah. And that's when I realized even more and more how much of impact we have on our communities. Yes. You know, once you get out of your head of all the negativity and realize, be grateful and had that opportunity to educate others, take advantage of the awesome benefits, you'll be like, I'm ready to go. You'll wake up every morning motivated with a mission vision. Oh, for sure. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome.
0: And then now you're in a unique position. You did your, your time as a recruiter and I, I think you made a little pit stop at MEPS, right? So you worked at the military entrance processing
1: station? Yes, sir. Um, so I did my, my, my tier one stint in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, one thing I will mention is while there, um, my house actually flooded in 2016. Ooh. Oh, it was a big flood that came across all of Louisiana that, that time. Over 100,000 homes damaged. Oh, and insurance gave me a letter saying $0. Wow. Oh yes. So as a Tier One recruiter, I was, I was double zoned. you know, you still had your monthly goals, I'm but. The goal, yep, but the goal didn't bother me because again, I'm just here to educate, and those who were educated decided they wanted to enlist. Um, so got my house repaired, and I was like, "You know what? I might need a break, go back to the real Air Force, you know, see yeah. what that's like. And then I'm here Mr. Bora Manuel. I still talk to her to this day. Um, she actually messaged me a few months ago, and it made me cry when she was like, I'm so proud of you. It's so all she just texted, just you know, just just proud of you. That's, That's amazing. Um, we had a talk, and I was like, you know what? After that talk, I decided to go Tier 2. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to be a squadron, a squadron trainer, so that would give me the opportunity to, like, let me go out to the actual field yeah. and help these Tier 1 recruiters. Yeah. Military had a different option. Air Force said, you're going to the military interest processing station in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. And again, as tier one recruiter, you're like, oh, maps. Yeah. Um, they're going to deny my request this. I'm going to be that guy. Yeah. So I arrive December 2018. Something about December, me leaving somewhere. Yeah. It's kind of like on board. It's a here. trend there. It is a trend. Um, I get there in the first three months. I was like, this was not what I was expecting. Yeah. I was like, there's way more moving parts behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. And I immediately called my liaison and I said, hey, Bogey, I apologize, man. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, you had a lot to deal with and now sitting in your seat, now I we'll won't understand. Yep. And then, crazy enough, I was bouncing ideas off of him, he bounced ideas off of me, it was that's great. It was mutual. It was like, hey, look, this is the situation I got. You've been working MEPS for you know, three or four years. You know a thing or two about a thing or two. So have yeah. a brother out here. Yeah. Um, so while I was there, I was there for three years and two months. Yeah, three years, two months. Yeah. I got to meet some really amazing people, got to do some uh, behind the scenes strategic level thinking that allowed me to grow as an SEO. Yeah. Which the Air Force deemed fit to make me a senior NCO. Yeah. Thus, I made master sergeant. I had a decision to make. Go back to the regular Air Force or stay here in recruiting. I love the mission of recruiting because, again, we get to change lives. Sounds like a punchline, but it's not. It really is. Yeah, for real. So I said, I talked to the fam. I said, look, we get to go to do different experiences every three years, three to four years, or I can go back to the regular Air Force. Choice is yours. They all looked at me and said, recruiting. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, signed at MOI, stayed in recruiting. Uh, I remember the listing came out. There were 16 locations, and Bloomington, Illinois, was number 11. <laughs> yeah, yep, definitely wasn't it. I was trying to stay within a couple hours so I could be still somewhat close to home because by this time, my father has passed as well. And I still mm-hmm. want to be somewhat close to my mother, you know, so she can have that support. Yeah. The Air Force said, negative, Ghost Rider, you're going to Bloomington, Illinois. <laughs> no one knows the word sad. Yeah. You know, even I have, my wife's family is in Chicago, and they were like, we never heard of that place. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, okay, we come. That's when I got to see snow. Like yeah. That for the first time we come, we look at houses, and we're like, oh, boy, small town living. Yeah. It's not what I'm used to. But you know what? Don't matter. We're going to make the best of it. And we're going to move on. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, still not permanent. It's only temporary. Yep. So we get our house and uh, we buy it. That was a headache and a pain. But then because being a recruiter, I learned about the veteran, assist, veteran affairs home loan. Yeah. And I was like, what? Why does no one tell you about these things? I know, right? And it took me being a I learned it from a high school student, by the way. Really? Yes. I was in the West Westlichtiana High School, JRTC Navy JRTC, and uh, we were talking about benefits even for even for veterans, and that's when that came up. And it's funny, I went and bought a house four months later with the VA loan. <laughs> well, thank you to that kid. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't remember the kid's ma- name, but it helped helped the brother out here. Hey, so.
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, so now you're you're a flight chief, and you again you have a whole different role, but kind of the same thing. You're educating recruiters now.
1: Oh, yes. Educating, coaching, mentoring you name it. Um, I will say sitting in this seat, I've had a lot of first evers. Yeah. You're like, wow, now we're going to. I remember when I was in that seat where someone was having that hard conversation with me. Now I'm having that hard conversation with that person. Yeah. You know, or you're like, I don't even want to. Don't tell me nothing about your production yet. Let me learn. Well, who are you? Yeah. You know, what do you want to do? What do you want out of life? What do you want to be? when you grow up, right? Cause we all want to know what we want to do when we grow up. That's I'm right. I'm still learning, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you start to start to realize you have a huge impact even on your NCOs lives. Yeah. And then some of the things they'll tell you can also impact you too, mm-hmm. because they can show you your blind spots. Yep. You don't even realize it. So, uh, thus far sitting in the seats for six months, I've got to see significant improvement in regards to myself. And others, you That's know, it's awesome. Um, I remember just a couple of weeks ago, I was at a yes, last week. Excuse me. I was at a career fair and one of the young ladies. I remember I sat down with her and. Uh, she didn't have many job choices listed. And I said, look, the Air Force needs you and we may have to we have to figure something out here because I know you want to leave and the choices you're you're listing. We're not looking for right now ironically three days later her one of her preferences pops up on the text message. And I was like, she's getting this job. Yeah. I, I don't care what she thinks at this point. Cause I already we've met, she's getting out of here. Mm-hmm. So we were able to get her that job. He says, Oh goodness, I wasn't expecting you to do this. Yeah. Right. And I was like, well, you're going to deal with it because I remember having this hard conversation with you. This is what you want. And I'm working hard to make sure you get this as well. Yeah. Last week, I got to see her at the career fair. She is now an airman in supply, just like I was, material management. So you're like, they grew up so fast. I know, right? You know, she's no longer like nervous and things of the nature, talking, and it's just awesome to see. Yeah, it really is. That you, again, you had a hand in that ordeal just by making sure you're involved in the process.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not just a number. No, I don't. People have a name. They have a face. They have a life. If you take the time as a recruiter to learn those things and earn their trust and respect,
1: um, they're going to be so much better set up for success. See, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I have a different outlook when it comes to recruiting. Um, numbers are great and all, but we are humans. Yep. And we have emotions. We have thoughts. We have. You know. We think logical about things. Mm-hmm. So when you start looking at people like at numbers as numbers. To me, you lose, you lose respect as a recruiter because the only thing you're going to see is this person is just, just another one. It's another one. No, it's trust, value and communicate. Yep. When you establish that trust that value, you put value into them, they'll put value back into the air force tenfold. Exactly. We'll have a, a, a better force, a productive force, a more retainable force. Yep. But it starts at the tip of the spear as a recruiter. Yeah. By taking that time to say, I am going to help develop you. All the things that a recruiter wished they would have knew, they can now say, hey, look, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you now. I am going to mentor you. Some of the things I'm telling you, you're probably not going to remember until two, three years down the line, but you're going to remember it.
0: Yeah. yeah. When, my, the, when I went to basic training, you get off that bus and they line you up. One of the first things they say is, and it's very fast. The TI will say, anytime you talk to us, you're going to give us a reporting statement. A reporting statement is, sir, trainee, your last name reports is ordered. Got it? Good. And I was just like, what did he just say? <laughs> I had no idea. And this is no disrespect to, my, to my, my recruiter because he was good. He did take care of me. But, you know, some things get missed. I didn't know what a reporting statement was. I made sure every single person I put in the Air Force knew what a reporting statement was. They call me on the phone, reporting statement. They come into my office, reporting statement. If they would call me and I would say start and check and they'd start talking, I would just hang up on them. And, and then would, they'd call back and oh shoot. Sorry, I forgot. Sir, trainee blah 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 reports is ordered. Hey, how you doing, bud?
1: Exactly. Because then when they got down there, they're like, no sweat. I got it. Yeah. One of their first things when he sworn into the delayed entry program. Was reporting statement and position of attention. Yep. Every time you come into the office, you will go to assume position of attention, reporting statement, and you will not move until you are acknowledged. Yeah. Because again, it's the simple things that actually make a greater impact. For sure. Because if we wait till the the bigger things occur, we've missed so many opportunities along the way to actually mentor or coach this young man or young woman going into the Air Force.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: for sure. So before we wrap this thing up, I have a couple last questions for you. Um, And again, this has been an awesome conversation. It's been so much fun talking to you. Uh, You have such great insight, Uh, but I want more of that insight. All right. I know Sergeant Earl has got a ton of great information and advice, but what would be over your 14 years in the military, what is the best advice that you have learned or
1: uh, mentorship that you've been given That you're going to take with you for the rest of your life. So a lot of things come to mind. That's a good question. Um, And I've had some really good mentors over my course of my time. But the one thing that always sticks out to me is. Why? When you look yourself in the mirror. You're going to ask yourself the question. Why am I even doing this? Mm -hmm. Why should I keep going? Why should I even care? And the reason is. Right there in the mirror looking right back at you. You're here for a reason. Continue to keep doing that reason and you will see great things come to you in life. Success comes to those in their own way. Mm -hmm. You have to look at and remember your why to be successful. Yeah. That's amazing. I like that.
0: I like that. Find your why. So the last question we have Before we shut this thing down, is we're gonna do a little role playing. All right. So let's say I'm a brand new airman. I just walked through the gateway to the Air Force at Lackland Air Force Base. Got my airman's coin. I'm a couple inches taller because I actually stand up straight now. (laughs) I'm looking good in my blues. And I sit down at a table with Master Sergeant Earl. Sergeant Earl, what kind of advice would you give
1: to a brand new airman? It's a great question. First thing that comes to mind. You're a part of a team. You're no longer an individual. Mm-hmm. Make sure you play your part, do your part, and do it well. Yeah. If you have a question, ask. Don't assume you're, on your, you're all alone. You are not alone. You are part of an elite team, the world's greatest Air Force. Yeah. No one comes close. Yep. That's probably where I will leave it at. That's awesome. Yep. That's perfect. Yeah, I love that. Well,
0: Sergeant Earl... This has been fantastic. I mean, you are such an interesting person, and again, you have such a cool story. And I'm just so happy that you came on because you're complete natural. I mean, I could tell while you were talking, I could tell why you're such a good recruiter, why you were such a good recruiter and flight chief, just because you speak with conviction and uh, and and you're humble. But, you know, you just know how to go about things and you, you, you're very trustworthy. Um, and it's just been a pleasure to hear your story. And uh, I know that you took a long drive to get up here. I did. <laughs> uh, but I thank you. And I think the listeners will be extremely happy with the fact that you took that drive.
1: So thank you again for coming on, Turner. I appreciate it. No, thank you again for the opportunity. I hope this helps any and everyone in the Air Force, out of the Air Force. I just hope it helps.
0: Yeah, I think it will. Uh, So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Air Power Hour. Take care, friends.